like for you to turn your Bibles with us, if you will, to uh, the precious scripture that's found in Mark chapter 1, verse 21. Now, as most of you know, we uh, still getting somewhat of a bad ring up here on me. Uh, we started uh, the first of the year in Mark, and uh, we started in chapter 1, and we're still in chapter 1 of Mark, and uh, we learned that uh, Mark wrote the book of Mark uh, to make it accessible to the Gentiles because uh, they were people that were needing the gospel, and uh, Mark is just a powerful book, and the fact that he gets right to the point of teaching and, and writing about the acts and the ministry of Jesus Christ. And not only was it to make the gospel accessible to the Gentile, but uh, he also wrote Mark to be an apologist or to speak in defense of the cross. And much of Mark is, at the end of it, uh, is about the cross, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the third reason was to encourage those who were facing persecution, as most of us know, a tremendous time of persecution for the church and the believer at that particular time. And then the fourth reason uh, was to, for us to focus on and see Jesus Christ for who he is, not was, but for who he is. And so today I'd like to read, if you would, uh, beginning with verse 21 of Mark 1. Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But, but Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, said, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. Also, I'd like to read from Matthew, Matthew chapter 21. And here again, his authority, his authority here is questioned, is speaking of the authority of Jesus Christ. Now when he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things and who gave you, who gave you this authority? Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. Baptism of John, where it was from heaven, from heaven or men. And they 
reason among themselves said, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why did you not believe him? But if we say from men, we fear the multitude, for all count John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus and said, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. May we pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful this morning for the privilege to break the bread of life. Lord, we believe that Jesus Christ, that God Almighty, the Sovereign One, is speaking to us today. Help us to take it just in that light. We ask you to bless the reading. Bless, we pray, God, our hearing, our understanding, meet the needs here today. And we will praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Preaching with authority. Or, by the way, if you get an outline of, this, of the message, please raise your hand. We want everyone to have an outline. So you just lift your hand and Brother Steve will make sure you get one. I, I titled this the guest speaker. The guest speaker. Because the synagogue at that particular time, the church, the priest, and those in charge and the powers to be would invite different people to come in and teach in the synagogue. And so often, they invited Jesus to come in and teach in the synagogue. Well, they were settling back. I'd like some of you just to have a ho-hum service. Maybe you. Maybe we're expecting something very important to happen. Maybe we're expecting something big to happen in the service. But they were just looking to have just a regular service. You know, the scribes, they are copies of the law and the word, and they write it down, and they study it, and they get up, and they teach it, and they just go through the motion. And so they were looking to go to church and go through the motion and then go home and get a chicken leg or some barbecue chicken. Whatever. Well, this special guest that was invited, Jesus, began to teach and set them back on their heels. It was a wild moment. How many of you like those wild moments? WWW. Those wild moments. I wouldn't have got today we could have a wild moment. Where we could say, this authority, this, this anointing, this, this, this time together, it's, it, it's more than just, just going to Sunday school. It's, it's more than just going to church and singing songs and listening to the message. There's something about today that is special. And so they, they said, this is one that speaks with authority. He's not like the scribes and the Pharisees and the elders of the church. I mean, he speaks not only with, with, with knowledge, but he speaks with passion and compassion. And he's, he's one that speaks with authority. And no sooner were they asking this about, you know, in their minds and in their hearts, oh my, the great, can you imagine hearing Jesus Christ teach? I like Chuck Swindoll. I love to hear Chuck Swindoll. He's a commander of words. 
person. He is one of the greatest orators. Mark Rutland. Oh! He'll teach or preach for 45 minutes or an hour, and I think it's just, just started. And I can name others that I enjoy sitting and listening to them preach. But can you imagine being in the very presence of Jesus Christ and watch him open up the scroll and the scripture and then begin to expound on it? And you're sitting there with your mouth open and saying, wow! That's what I But no sooner had they been sent back on their heels with his teaching than all of a sudden something happened. See, this was not an ordinary day. It wasn't an ordinary crowd. Certainly was not an ordinary speaker. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of this great teaching, in the midst of uh, the folks sort of wondering what is happening here, and the scribes and the Pharisees looking at this man and wondering, listening at his voice and listening at the words and, and watching his eyes. And someone began to scream out in this congregation. Now that'll wake you up. Not only were they set back on their heels from the preaching and the ministry of the word of God, but they were set back on their heels because this person began to scream out. I've heard demons speak through people. They'll curl your hair. It will, it will, it will. You, that's another wow moment. What is going on here? You said, I don't believe that scripture. Well, it's throughout the, it's throughout the Bible. Back often Jesus had to say, shut up, be quiet. And this man began to scream out and, and the demons in him began to scream out. He began to question Jesus and began to talk to Jesus and they had a Popeye moment. They stood all they could stand, they could stand no more. They had to scream out. Because that power, that anointing, so God began to challenge that spirit. And it just burst forth in the congregation. And Jesus said, Shut up, be quiet, come out of him. A lot of times when the demonic forces that Oppress and depress and possess people when it leaves under the authority of the Word of God and the Spirit and power of God. It leaves that person limp. And they left this individual, and this individual was no longer bound by the spirit of the devil. And then again, they said, Not only does he speak with authority, he commands demonic forces. With authority. You see, authority, authority is so important. The word authority means privilege, power, rule, control, and influence. We need preachers. We need teachers. We need men and women of God. They will not go through the motion. That will get in touch with God. That they've spent hours and time on their knees and reading what thus saith the Lord. 
and step behind the pulpit. And not only the pulpit and in the church, but on the streets. At the filling station. At the appropriate time, in an appropriate way. We need to speak. We need men and women that will speak with authority. That will look in the eyes of the devil and command him. I'm not talking about going around scaring people and being an oddball. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about a real, genuine anointing of the Holy Ghost where people will stand back and say, What's happening? Oh my God, yes. Elizabeth is a nurse at UNC Hospital. She's been there with my son constantly almost other than when she's sleeping and, you know. Elizabeth was a missionary. And she went to Israel. There was a denomination or a group of people that sent her to Israel and she was almost captured there while she was in Jerusalem. And her congregation, her denomination, those that sent her there, abandoned her. And she barely escaped. She did escape. And she came back to America and became bitter. Because she was deserted, left alone. And she became bitter at people. God. And she said, no more. No more. You folks can have that stuff. But day after day, as we would go into the intensive care unit, and as we were there, and I always go in, and I, the first thing I do, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When I start that, my son opens his eyes. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I love the old King James, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the very presence of doctors and nurses and intensive care units, in the very presence of your son about to go over to the other side. When there's no way he can live, there is no way he prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou knowest my head with all. And every time I get to that place, I pray this prayer. God anoint my son's head with all. Anoint him with healing all. Anoint his heart. He said he had a heart attack because the aneurysm was so traumatic. I said anoint his heart. His lungs filled up with pneumonia. And I said anoint his, his lungs with your healing. And we speak with authority. Oh, yeah. oh there's that word. We speak with authority. He anoints my head with oil, my cup, in spite of where we are. Oh, Jesus. 
in spite of what we face. No matter the tossing of the storm, no matter how rough the boat is that we're inside, we know one thing, he's in there with us. He anoints my head with all my confidence over. Surely, goodness, mercy, goodness, mercy. Uh, what are you going to do about that devil? Well, we're going to try to take it over. We can't do that. Why? Because it was etched in stone. It was sent by God. It was written down by anointed writer. And goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall. Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then I'll sing a song like this. Your grace and mercy. Somebody say amen. Has brought me through. And I'm living each moment. Because. And I just want to thank you. And I praise you too. Cause your grace and mercy has brought me. It works. Let me tell you, I've preached here for 46 years, and I'm here to tell you, it works. A lot of times you'll bite something. A lot of times you'll get into something. A lot of times you get involved in something and you find out it don't work. But this works. A man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. It works. Let the world shake their head. Let the world say no. Let the world shake their fist in the face of God. I'm here to tell you what I preach works. We'll sing. And when we finish, I look around and tears are running down Elizabeth's face. The other day I went in and Carol went in and I left and Carol stayed. And she stayed. And she stayed. 45 minutes later, she came out. She said, guess what, Elizabeth? Surrendered her life back to Jesus. And she accepted Jesus Christ. She's moving to Wyoming. And she said, do you know a church in Wyoming? Do you know a four-square church? And Carol said, no, but we believe the Lord will show you I came out. True story. Three men were sitting across from me. Two of them very young. And their dad was sitting there with their mother in the back. Be attended to. I talk. <laughs> I, I just, I talk too much sometimes. But I'm a preacher. <laughs> I talk and I, asked, I struck up a conversation. And a young man, nice looking young man, sitting on the, on the end seat. As I introduced myself, he says, I am a four square church pastor. <laughs> and 
He lives, I forget what state he lived in, but he is over several states. And guess what one of those states is? Wyoming. <laughs> you think things like that just happen? I don't. No. I think God will orchestrate your life. Yes, the steps of a good man and woman are ordered by the Lord. Carol got his his name, his address, his number, and she takes it back to Elizabeth and she says, Here. God knows how to live. We need to live, speak, think, believe. In fact, next Sunday I want to get on the I won't get through this one because I don't hurry up, will I? Wow. Uh, you know what I like about moving the clock forward? They say you can keep a man after 12 o'clock but his stomach goes home. <laughs> Guess what? Your stomach is going to stay here till 1 o'clock. <laughs> I have an extra hour and your stomach won't go home. But next Sunday I'm going to talk about the believer's authority. Not only Christ's authority, but the believer's authority. Did you know you and I, and I'm getting ahead of myself, did you know that you and I have been given authority yes. to act in the very place of Jesus Christ? And the same way that he operated, you and I can operate in faith in his will. Right. Authority. God gives but the devil wants to question that authority. Who do you think you are? What church you go to? Oh, I go to a Pentecostal church. You're out of here. You know, I go to a, I go to a Christian church. You're out of here. I go. You know, the devil does not want you and I to operate with authority. Not arrogance. Not pride. But real, true, genuine. God given authority. He does. Jesus did. They didn't understand his authority. They didn't understand his teaching with authority, his ministry with authority. The thing about Jesus' authority, he backed up what he said. It's one thing to teach it, it's one thing to preach it, it's one thing to say it, it's something else to back it up. Live that life. The problem, the problem with the church today, there's such a distance between what we say and the way we live and operate. We talk about Jesus' love and Jesus' power and Jesus' ability and then let something happen to, happen to us and we fall apart. Now that's quiet, I know, and that, that's hard, I know. Let me tell you, it's not easy. The things that Larry mentioned this morning that the Many are going through. You know, I say, I stand here today with my son at UNC Hospital, and you know what he's gone through. But there's a couple sitting here that's lost two sons. Well, our son and a grandson. Is it two sons? Two sons and a grandson. They've not just believed. 
not got to do, have not got to do with God. And I'm not thrown off on anyone that goes through that. Because a lot of times people do get bitter with God. And a lot of times, and we've seen it in our ministry, seen it happen. A lot of times it, it, the family winds up separated and the couple winds up in the divorce court. But Bobby and Kay Williams has never blamed God. They've never missed a beat. They've been faithful to this church for many, many years. Let me tell you, God Almighty will be with you no matter where you are. Amen. 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 No matter, no matter. See, we need to teach it and witness to it and preach it. But we need to live it. Yes. You see, the gospel I preach can be preached all over the world. There's much of the gospel that's preached in America, you can't preach it all over the world. You can't, you can't go down to Haiti, which we've been several times, Nicaragua, you can't go to India, we've been there and seen the poverty. You can't go there and talk about God giving you a, a Cadillac. God giving you a brick house. So a preacher the other day, he's standing up there, and the way that happens, I'm talking about preachers, this whole message is about preachers. He's standing up there, and, and, and he, the way that they do, they preach the word of God, some, and, and then they build up to this moment where where you think they're going to minister to the lost and the unsaved and, and, and the sick and the diseased and, and they wind up saying, money cometh. Yuck. Don't you get angry at me. Do I believe God will bless you with money? Yes, I do. Yes, yes. But if that's our goal, if that's, if, if, if that's all we concentrate on, you see, God will give us power. Not only to preach it, not only to teach it, but he'll give us power to live it. Yes, Doesn't matter who we are, he gives us power. The word authority denotes privilege, power, rule, control, and it denotes influence. When Jesus began to teach in the synagogue, notice with me. On the Sabbath, he surprised the crowds by teaching as one having authority. His teachings, his teaching was. So forthright. Now this is Peterson with the message. Was so forthright, so confident, not quibbling and quoted like the religion lit scholars. You see, the scribes they taught. They preserved and they prepared. Let me say that again. It says he taught, taught with authority, not like the scribes. The scribes teach, preserve, and prepare. Jesus Christ blazes, explodes, and erupts. We need some preachers to explode in the right way. Oh my God. Yes. We need that today. We need that ministry today. Both the substance and the manner, talking about Jesus Christ, both, both the substance and the manner of the Lord's teaching differed from that of the interpreters of the law. The scribes taught trifling matters of rites and ceremonies which were passing away. The Lord taught with great spirit and fervor. The scribes were mere interpreters of the law, but Jesus Christ himself was the lawgiver. Amen. Right. <laughs> we can teach. 
Notice, first of all, authority is essential to true preaching. It is impossible to envision preaching without authority. There's nothing hardly any more boring than to sit and listen to a preacher that's boring. <laughs> I mean, that, that, he's, you can tell he's just talking. Carol and I have had the privilege to go several times. Our son was sung with the North Carolina Boys Choir. We've had the privilege to go several times to the Duke Chapel. And once we went, the pastor that was there some years ago, not by the power that's there today. It was during the Christmas season, true story. He said, we need to be talking so much, this is Christmas, about Jesus and start helping people. Well, I, I don't even helping people. Let's sit down and talk to Brian. Great ministry. Travels around the world helping unwanted pregnancy. I believe in helping people. Yes. But we need to hear about Jesus. Because you can have all the good things going in your life if you want to. But if Jesus Christ is not first and foremost in your life, you're missing something. There are many biblical injunctions associated with preaching. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 4, verse 2. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Now you would hear that from most churches today. Notice what it says. Notice what it says. It says convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. You try that today with that committee sitting out there. The deacons will call you into the office and say, You can't do that. Titus, Paul wrote to young Titus. The Amplified. Tell them all these things. Let me, let, let me back up to, to 2 Timothy 4 2, Amplified. I, I want to read that again. The Amplified. Herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by, be at hand, and ready. You hear what he's telling us? You say, Pastor, I'm not a preacher. Why are you preaching this to us? Because all of us, in a way, are teachers and preachers and carriers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter who we are. Whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable. The Amplified, 2 Timothy 4 and 2. Whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Brother Morris, you ever preached when it was inconvenient? Sure you have. Yes, I have. You ever witnessed when it was inconvenient? Sure. God wants us to do it whether it's convenient or inconvenient. Whether it is welcome or unwelcome. You as preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them, rebuking and correcting, warning and urging. And here's the word, encouraging. Now how can you have all those words together? How can you rebuke and convince and then encourage? Because as long as I stroke you where you are, and as long as the gospel is not preached in all authority and with truth, if I just leave you, if I just leave you where you are, it doesn't move us, then we're not going to be encouraged. Because I can only stroke you so much. I can only say so many nice words. But when the Holy Spirit comes down with the preaching of the truth of God, I, I remember mom and dad, they used to spank when you could spank. But they, we didn't call it spank. I mean, we didn't know what timeout was. They didn't even call it whipping. They called it whooping. 
you are going to get a whooping. And when they said you're going to get a whooping, you got a whooping. But I remember so well how honorary I would get and I'd get hateful and I'd be disobedient. And out comes the switch. I mean, Mama knew she was a professional switch user. She knew how to switch. And oh, I'd cry. I'd But after a while, it felt real good. I straightened up, huh? She conquered that rebellion. That's the spare the rod and tell that to PC folks today. But I remember once she conquered that rebellion in me, I felt so good. I, you ever sob until it felt good? <laughs> Yes, you can do those very same things. Notice once again Titus 2.15, the Amplified. Tell them all these things. Urge, advise, encourage, warn, and rebuke with full authority. A lot of preachers tiptoe through the tulips. They, they're so afraid. Well, this one pays. I had a man to tell me one time. I, in fact, he met me, wanted me to meet with him at trips. When Trips was out on 15501 between here and Chapel Hill, I met with him. And he wanted me to do certain things. He was the most tight, let's say, he gave more money than anybody else in the church. He sat across that dinner table and he said to me, He said, If you'll do so and so, I'll do so and so. Are you trying to bribe me? Are you trying to control what I preach by the money in your hands? I'm never doing that. I'm not going to compromise God's word for nothing. I won't do it. And you wouldn't either. Many of you, many of you here today, you're not going to compromise the word of God. But he tells us here, tell them all these things, urge them, advise them, encourage them, warn them, rebuke them in full authority. Let no one despise or disregard or think little of you. Conduct, I love this, amplify, conduct yourself and your teaching so as to command respect. There are people that you not necessarily even like maybe, but they walk right, talk right, spit right, and I'll tell you what, you respect them. Respect them. They may not. They may not do the things like you think they should. But they 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 carry themselves. You know they have the authority of the Lord, and you find yourself respecting that person. You find yourself respecting that person. I got close. Authority is essential to true preaching. Authority established by the Scripture. The preacher's authority is the Bible itself. Notice what it says. His word. I love this. Is inspired, his word is infallible, his word is inerrant, thus it 
is authoritative. Jeremiah declared, declared God's word is a hammer that breaks the rock. I love Isaiah which testified and said this, God's word will not return void. Will not. A preacher was preaching on the streets in Africa years ago. Preaching God's word. He had a sort of a small testament. He was preaching out of this Bible. And when he finished preaching, this person came up to him, a man came up to him, and he said, I'd like to have your Bible. So the preacher was reluctant to give him his Bible. He said, what do you want to do with it? He said, I noticed the leaves in that Bible are just right for rolling cigarettes. <laughs> preacher, first thing he saw, I'm not giving anybody my Bible. They used the pages to roll cigarettes. But God spoke to him and he said, I'll give you this Bible on one condition. He said, okay. That before you roll that cigarette in that sheet, in that page that you're reading, he said, I promise you, I'll read it. I promise you, I'll read it. Years later, this minister was back in the same city. I don't get it that Okay. <laughs> There was a tent down the street, and he slipped in the back. And this man was preaching. This is quite a few years later. This man was up preaching on the stand. And, the pre and this preacher really enjoyed it. And after the service, the man that was preaching in the tent came back to this preacher. <clears throat> Took him by the hand. He said, you don't remember me, do you? He said, no, I don't. He said, I'm the man you gave that Bible to. He said, I smoked it up to John 3, 16, then I started preaching it. <laughs> true story. That's a true story. My word will not return to me void. And a lot of times, when you're testifying to people and using the word of God, not just reams of scripture, but you're just using it. You're placing it where it needs to be. And you speak that word out with authority. It will not return void. It will accomplish that that God sends it. John the Baptist, Jesus, Peter, and Paul. All preach with authority. Authority emboldened by the Spirit. Peter at Pentecost. Listen to Peter. I'm going to close with this. And I'm going to finish. Peter. On the day of Pentecost. Preached. How many were saved? 3,000. Did you know just a short while before then that a little slave girl, Peter was warming his hands. I gotta get a message on this. Brother Lord, you help me with a message on warming your hands by the enemy's fire. Right. But he was warming his hands, and this little slave girl came along and said, Weren't you one that was following Jesus? Mm -hmm. Someone else come along. Aren't you one that was wrong? Mm -hmm. It made him so angry when he was asked the third time. He used profanity and said, "Listen, I don't even know the guy." And now this day he's standing up preaching the word of God. All right. And three thousand people are saved. He's not denying Christ. In fact, he really stays so true to God. History says that he was crucified upside down. What changed him? 
What changed him from shaking in his boots, so to speak, before a little slave girl and standing up and preaching and teaching to the religious leaders and the powers to be that day and 3,000 people were saved. It was the anointing and the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. God's anointing. We need authority. We need authority. The devil is trying to erode authority today. Whether, whether it's the office of the president, and there's some reasons that he's trying to do this. Whether it's the officer on the street, or whoever it might be, especially the preacher behind the pulpit. And granted, many have brought it on themselves. But the devil is trying to take authority away today. He can try all he wants to. You take a man or a woman of God that will pray. Spirit filled with Holy Ghost. That will allow the Lord to use him. The devil cannot take away that authority. Oh, Jesus. He cannot take away. Aren't you glad for the authority of Jesus Christ? Amen. Because when fear knocks at the door, you can speak with authority. Get out of here. When doubt and unbelief, or at least doubt, I'm not too sure a believer has unbelief, maybe. But we do have doubts and struggles. When those things come and try to bring fear and all of these things to our lives, we can speak with authority because we know the word. If there's anything I could say in closing, don't cow down to the devil. Don't be ashamed of what you have. Let people laugh and scorn. Know who you are in Christ. We'll get into that next week. More questions. Know who you are in Christ. Know the Word of God. Entertain an ongoing spirit-filled life. Stand with your shoulders square. If there is any religion in the world today that's made fun of, it's Christianity. But I want to challenge us as a church, as believers. Young people that's in school today, live right, walk right, Live according to the word of God. And when the opportunity, don't kick the door down, but when the opportunity presents itself, stand up with God's word. Stand up. And don't be ashamed of being a Christian. I am not ashamed, Paul said, of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Don't be ashamed.